All right, everybody. Oh, that lady always scares me. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Funny Millionaire Show. I'm super excited to have with me somebody who has the most accurate intro that I've ever seen anyone submit. Um, he is the engineer of the Extra Crispy brand, comedic entertainer, and man of God, Troy. I don't know if I'm going to butcher your middle name. Sorry. Amador <laughs> Douglas. Thank also you. Known Thank you. Yes. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, you know, happy, happy to see another day. And uh, I appreciate you uh, bringing me on the podcast. Um, any opportunity for, for me to, uh, you know, get to know somebody better and, and, and put content out there is always appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And your show is so awesome. I'm so honored to have performed up there. And I'm glad that we're doing an audio podcast because I saw you did a podcast with Moha while driving. We can't, <laughs> we're going to both die. We can't drive in cars with me around. Oh, I, yeah, I know. I'm driving right now, too. I know. Awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you guys just in a parking lot or were you guys actually? No, nah, we were driving. We were driving <laughs> from <laughs> LA to, to, oh to Placentia. Well, yeah. uh, both of you guys are good drivers because it's not <laughs> happened here. Um, but yeah, um, I'm so excited to have you on because to me, you're such a stabilizing force in a lot of the open mics because you are a family man. You do have two kids. Um, you're 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 like a triple threat. You know how to sing. I haven't seen you dance yet, but I'm going <laughs> to assume. Um, is that is that bad? Is that good? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I used to be very good at dancing, but um. I mean, I can still dance now, but I can't do all the the footwork that I used to be able to do. I, I had messed up my knee uh, doing the splits one time. I used to be able to do the splits wow. and all kinds of stuff like that. And I, but anyways, long story short, you know how a young man does sometimes. You hurt yourself, and yeah. you know <laughs> you, you you ain't the same no more, and you just keep going through life because <laughs> life ain't. I mean, you know, uh, I was always thinking about, especially as a young man. Um, I'm, I'm still 29. I'm young, but like yeah, you know, you're really young, yeah. 17, 18, 19, 20, I was, my whole mindset was work full-time job. Who cares about your dreams? Who cares about your, you know, that's how my parents installed that into me. You know, that's how I was conditioned. And it wasn't until like, I realized, you know what, you got one life to live and it's short. You, you know, you might as well, uh, you know, like 50 cents say, get rich or die trying, you know, yeah. even though, I, even though entertainment is not a good way to try to get rich because yeah. <laughs> the statistics like on that is not yeah but you are talented though i've heard you sing um i think at long beach you said something about like being i don't know it, it was a show at long oh, i can i can dance i mean i can still bust the moves okay. for sure but no without a doubt yeah i, I still can 100 percent um i just not i'm just not as good as i used to be you know i used to be fucking i used to be like michael jackson smooth you know but anyways, let's, let's uh, you know, I don't want to talk about that. You remind me of my <laughs> heyday. Make me start <laughs> crying in the car. <laughs> you gave you gave all your talent to your kids because they're they're his yeah, black. They're they're gonna be amazing. I, I that's why I tell you the kids they suck um, the life out of you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my jokes now. Which is amazing because like you still do the show, like how okay, let's just go to the very beginning. How did you get into comedy? Um, well, so uh I always want when I first thought that I wanted to do stand up, I was 16 years old. Um, and I was trying to write jokes. And I think that at 16, I didn't know how to articulate myself well enough. And also I didn't have enough life experiences to really feel like I could, I could make a mature joke. My jokes at 16 were like, you know, fart or sexual, you know, right. just disgusting jokes, you know? And I was like, how can I say this to people? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> that's all I could think. Cause I was 16. Right. Right. and and you know what that kind of and also like you know my parents like i said they were always like don't try to do this shit everybody wants to do this shit like just work 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 you know work 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 you know uh get the best type of nine to five you can and, and stay there for 20 years 30 years and you know so on and so forth you know and uh that's what they did you know and i and i and i applaud anybody who could do that um you know i just found myself feeling depressed at the at the nine to five that i had and it was a good company and my son he was one years old and i was just looking how fast he was developing and realizing how fast my life was going you know when you have a child you know it kind of shows you more because you know you really don't develop that much from you know whatever 15 to 25 you know you still kind of look relatively the same 
and um you know but seeing your kid go from zero to one years old you know now they can walk and now they can kind of talk so i was like you know my life's flashing before my eyes this job you know i don't i, I it's paying me well it's taking care of me they're a great company but you know i'm just not happy here and you know i quit and then i just started doing open mics and i'm, I'm, I'm rambling i could keep going fast but long story short i probably sh- now looking at hindsight I probably shouldn't have quit because the hours were perfect for stand up, <laughs> but I quit. I, but I quit to force myself psych- psychologically to start doing it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like now no way I go back because I just quit this job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause like I, I was just talking to Savannah and we were both saying how like nine to five aren't for us. And I'm thinking, I can't think of one person who actually does a nine to five who's actually in like the open mic and, you know, doing comedy. Cause you just, well, maybe one person, but he has more, financial bagging but yeah i totally agree i could never do nine to five but that's awesome that your son encouraged you into um stand-up um or, i mean like pushed you forward so like yeah did do you remember your first open mic yeah uh, it was at the it was at the uh, chapter one uh you know the the show that evan cassidy put on chapter one um in santa Ana, uh and you know obviously i i went with my not obviously but i went with my uh my fiance and her cousin and um congrats by the way thank you thank you very much yes and um they were there and they filmed it for me you know uh but oh i didn't really know other I, people filming it for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right i think i still have it uh i don't i i didn't know the system you know i didn't know that like i signed up at this time online meant that I wasn't going to go up for two and a half, three hours, you know? So right. I sat in that room and watched comedians for like three hours, you know? <laughs> and you know how that is, you know, I watched everybody set for like three hours and, you know, uh, just nervous, just freaking not even knowing when I was going to go up. I was like, I don't know who to ask. I don't know what, right. you know, right. when I first do something, I'm very like observant rather than being, uh, uh, you know, uh, outspoken. Yeah. And so, you know, I sat up for three and a half hours and finally the guy said, Troy Douglas. And I was or like, he said, Troy Douglas, you're on deck or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, all right, it's go time, you know. And I did whatever the four and a half minutes or whatnot. And uh, I got like a slight, I got slight chuckles and not nice. nothing, nothing that's going to say I'm the next Eddie Murphy or anything like that. It was just like <laughs> a slight chuckle, some right. cringe moments where they didn't laugh. And, you know, my fucking heart beating out my chest to try not to stutter and, and so on and so forth but you know it went well enough and you know and then I, I did like another one uh maybe like a couple days later I can't remember which one was the second one and then you know I started off I mean you know just going like I would just always go at least to chapter one every week you know and that's what I knew and then I started meeting people and, and stuff like that but you know uh I never felt like I was like uh how can I say just like openly embraced and thrown on the fast track. Like <laughs> I, I felt like I had to talk to people who were also new. And then those people who yeah. were new through right. their relationships with knowing other people, that's how I started to know other people, you know? Yeah. So yeah. as you sense. as you know, this stuff is political. So yeah, absolutely. And uh so learning that uh every every week. But you also run a mic. So um how's how's that been extra crispy? Uh running the mic has been challenging um not because of the comedians or not even just because of the bar owner or whatever reimbursement he gives me <laughs> it's just been challenging because um you know week to week to week to week to week to week to week and to always have to go 20 miles because i live like way far away from Sentia to oh, bring really? my equipment yeah i mean i live in westminster garden grove area and, you know, oh, okay, you know driving to Placentia, and then <clears throat> you know having to take my equipment and then you know, having to make money during that time period, you know, I, I mean, I do DoorDash to, you know, to, for my income. So that's, you know, you have to hustle. Like you're not going to make money from DoorDash because you have no supervisor. You are your supervisor. Right. Exactly. So, so, uh, you know, it's challenging because sometimes I'm thinking like, all right, should I just like, you know, pass this to somebody else? Like, you know, Hey, this is your shit. Like da, 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 da will the owner even want me to pass it to somebody else or we just end all stand up there if I don't continue to do it, you know? So it's been challenging. Uh, and it's, it's been fun. You know, I had some good times. I like doing the Saturday shows. You know, I know you might get into that after, you know, after that, but yeah, Tuesdays open mic 
it's been challenging and you know but i know what it is to have like an open mic like just for somebody to get their reps you know and that's mostly why i do it just for rep purposes for people in the area yeah and it's really really nice there are some things that happen at that bar that will not oh, happen yeah. anywhere else it's like oh for sure like, <laughs> like some some lady who had an amazing rack um granted ah. access to other people to touch it and what? Just, you were not there were you not no there? i i think i had a guest host and i think what? i just left yeah <laughs> oh my god now i have to explain yeah <laughs> i just painted myself but that was hilarious um were you at so a lady a lady she had like, like telling people to grab her grab she was telling people to, right 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 what um, oh my gosh <laughs> it was so funny that's uh, crazy Daniel Chalky huh? was there, so you can ask her for more of the details. It was hilarious. I think I think she moved um, like New York <laughs> or something like that. Oh, anyways, but um, there's just so many crazy. Do you remember Carmen Bar? Like the level of crazy at that bar. Maybe it just all happened that one day. You you generally actually keep us all kind of in line. No, I mean I had crazy <laughs> things happen at group therapy. You know, I had that guy go on the N word rant. You know, saying why he what? you know the white dude saying why he gets <laughs> why he's allowed to say the n-word and stuff like that and what? you know uh i filmed it i put it on social media oh my god but i didn't film the whole thing but i do that hello <laughs> i'm i think you're kind of cutting out well i totally failed because i was trying to promote group therapy can you, kind of a, can you hear me hello yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can hear you now. I, just, <laughs> I was trying to promote promote group therapy and extra therapy. Uh, sorry, extra crispy. <laughs> but it is fun. I will say uh-huh. it is fun. Um, it's it's consistent. And, yeah. Um, I love your lineup. How diverse it is, and just it's a it's a really cool hangout, especially since so many um open mics just closed down. Is chapter one still going? No, 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 no. no. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think he's having any of his open mics you know yeah. the producer who did that um and you know like with extra crispy and, and group therapy i mean you know what group therapy you know they gave me my my first opportunity to have shows and and host uh shows and open mics at a at a actual established business um but i always like to you know let people know those are two different brands you know there's extra crispy that's my brand and group therapy is a bar that you know i partner up with to do shows with you know like the things the debauchery that happens at group therapy you know me i'm gonna take it i ain't taking that everywhere (laughs) you know like that's that's them (laughs) you know that's their location i know i feel feel bad because it's true your brand is actually very i think you are very family friendly for sure and i i did actually want to ask you about this like what is it like having kids before and after like um so uh before i had a totally different life you know before um so i had my first son i was 24 uh before i had kids uh i mean i was a very young man and coming into adulthood and you know living with my dad you know who had lived with exclusively for the past 10 years my parents divorced when i was 12 and so it was you know mostly me and my dad and then me becoming a uh, you know, a teenager into a young man, you know, um, you know, I got in some trouble in high school and stuff like that, but I was, I, you know, through my dad being on me, I was able to kind of like reform and, you know, focus on getting my degree and stuff like that. And, and I graduated on time and everything like that. I was, I was threatened. I was in dangerous <laughs> waters not to, you know? Wow. So, but my dad, you know, he totally flipped his work schedule to make sure that I got to school every day. Uh, oh. my junior uh, my junior year and by senior year, I, you know, I pretty much saw the writing on the wall. Like, I'm, you know, as long as I stay focused, I'm going I'm to graduate on time, you know? And from there, I, I, you know, I just, I, I always like to have fun. You know, I always like to hang out with my friends. My friends always came to my house. My house is like the kicking spot. Uh, I, I always like to, you know, I mean, go out and try to talk to women, you know what I'm saying? That was my, my mentality. Right. My mentality was daytime, you know, uh, if you're not working, play video games, you know, smoke some weed, hang out with your friends. Nighttime, you go out, yeah. you know, try to pick up girls. That was my mentality at, you know, 19, 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Um, then my dad got sick with cancer and, uh, you know, I had, to, I had to take care of him with the help of my, of my aunt, his sister, mm-hmm. for about, you know, six months. Um, and then I moved to Florida with him to go 
back east where he's from uh, to be amongst the rest of his family or our family uh, for the latter of the, la- the last three months of his life. So for like six months, and I had just turned 21, like I was oh, wow. six months after I turned 21. So wow. for like six months, you know, I'm going through this whole entire traumatic process rather than partying it up, you know, mm-hmm. which totally changed my perspective on life. Oh, and yeah. my dad passed away. And uh, maybe two weeks later, you know, I come back to California and, you know, my whole mentality of just like, I never thought to have kids. I never even thought to have kids before this. I never thought to have a girlfriend. I wasn't like a person that wanted a relationship. I wanted just to be able to be myself and then to have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but like after my dad passed away, my whole perspective on life and how things go and change and how your choices at no matter how old you are will mm-hmm. have a have a uh, uh an effect on you down the line yes. you know and i just you know so after that subconsciously i thought i was looking for partnership and you know the right woman came along who who was you know and i had dated different women before i mm-hmm. got to my girl even before you know after my dad died i had gone on a few dates stuff like that but i didn't gravitate to somebody the way i gravitated toward my girl somebody didn't uh uh console me like my girl did after my dad had passed away and i mean i'll even tell you a story <laughs> which kind of like totally was what the moment that flipped my head too with partying and and, and uh settling down i was i was at a party in big bear and this is after my dad died like my dad had just passed away like maybe three weeks ago i had a party in big bear and you know i hooked up with a girl and we're laying in the bed together and she's asleep and i'm literally laying on my back crying tears thinking about like my dad and this girl don't give a damn about what the fuck <laughs> you oh, know wow she can care less you know we're, we're all partying like it's a party still going on you know like uh you know we're all drunk but i'm like crying tears because i'm just reflecting on my life you know reflecting on my dad reflecting on what life is you know saying and after that i just totally just never ever uh pursued that lifestyle anymore and and, uh pursued women in that lifestyle anymore and uh just like not talk to you while you were just like no she was like chilling like sleeping like you know like it's it's late you know we're drunk i mean (laughs) you know we're drunk but i'm saying like she she, I mean, saying like she didn't care to talk to me, you know, uh, after whatever, you know, yeah. she was like, oh, I'm going to sleep type of shit. And I'm just like, oh. I mean, rightfully so, uh, right? She don't know why I went through yeah. this traumatic experience. But me, I'm laying there on my back, oh, just man. like, just, just tears just flowing. And I thought for a second, should I tell her how I, <laughs> she don't care. <laughs> and I just fucking laid there and yeah. cried, wow. you know. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, I just knew that's why I knew that this lifestyle isn't for me no more. I've changed psychologically, you know, and I pursued somebody who was, I pursued subconsciously somebody who I could be a partner with in life. Mm. And then from there, we were together for two years and then we came to a decision to have kids when we were, when she turned 25. <clears throat> and that's when we had our, our first son. Wow. And yeah. So after having kids, I thought it was going to be all fucking, I'm oh, sorry, curse. I thought it was going to be all, uh, you know, cookies and cream and everything, everything sweet. But let me tell you, having kids was the hardest thing I ever done in my life. Oh my it's, it's, it's way harder than I thought. I'm, I'm every day, every day. It's a, it's a challenge. You know, I always tell people, uh, you know, um, the difference between having kids and not having kids is when I was, when I didn't have kids, I experienced fun. Now that I have <laughs> kids, I don't have no fun, but I experienced joy, you know? Oh, that's a good one. Wow. So that's that's the difference in there now. <laughs> really good framing. Wow, that's a really fascinating story because like I totally relate because I lost my mom too and like the just Sorry for that. thank you. It's okay. It, I I remember you tell you told a joke about a shelf, and it was it just resonated with me so much because like sometimes you just randomly start crying, you know, because you just think yeah. Uh, you know a lot of different things and that's so crazy like the I can't believe you went to a party three weeks after um yeah I mean I, I was just, a yeah. I was a party person you know I was a party person and like um you're healing through I, the, the party well the thing was that I hadn't partied the whole time that my dad was oh, sick you know okay you're 21 and, too yeah so yeah I was 21 I just turned 22 now so like my dad passed away and you know uh he passed away in december my birthday was in november um and then his birthday was in december also and then like january it was like it was like 
the it was like right before February, you know. So okay. maybe like four weeks or whatever, and it was still winter time, and we went to Big Bear, uh, uh, like a whole bunch of people, and and you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, me as a man today, if let's say my son were to go to some type of similar experience, if I could give him the wisdom, I would say, hey, maybe you should take some time, but you know. <laughs> you know you can't it's it's hindsight hindsight's 2020 right no it makes sense because you're 22 you're you're right like you literally took care of your dad for six months i understand how tough caretaking can be but yeah it's it's funny um with uh with the experiences that Mm -hmm. uh, have and um man like i i did not because you do share a lot about your family on stage and mm-hmm. um your wife totally awesome yeah. i think i i finally saw the picture of your kids on your story mm-hmm. and, uh, with your dad's um honoring your dad so do you yeah. think you're turning more into your dad or you're like kind of <laughs> turning more uh, into yourself like do you oh. see, like any changes um physically i would say for sure like I'm looking more like my, I mean, I always, I always look at my dad, you know, but before, you know, my dad was bald and I had hair, you know, and now I'm bald and, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And he had a beard and I have a beard. So, you know, yeah, I'm starting to look more like my dad physically for sure. Uh, my dad was a lot more, my dad had me at 40, you know, and I had my kids at 24. So my dad was way more, young, I guess. I mean, do you think it's that young? I mean, like, it's no, like, I don't think it's that young, but I think it's a difference, you know, because yeah, at 40, sure. my dad was already established his right. career. You know, I never, you know, my dad, I mean, I grew up in, in a house for the most part until my parents divorced and, you know, and if not a house, I was in a, in, you know, in a townhome, in a, in a right. gated community type of shit, you know, right. and, right. Yeah. and, you know, right now I don't, I'm not, I'm not financially in that position to provide my kids that, you know? We, we apartment living, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's and, honestly. Like, you know, I was hunting and it's so insane. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I, I just think that, like, you know, there's there's pros. And, I mean, I always say this. Nobody gets through life unscathed, you know, whether you're rich or you're poor. You're always going to go through something. And you, whether you have a young dad or an old dad, like, mm-hmm. I can be – my dad never played toys with me. My dad never played toys with me. He never played outside basketball with me. You know, me and my dad always had conversations. My dad was a big time lecturer. My dad would lecture me for two to three hours, you know, <laughs> for real. My dad would lecture me two to three hours with my friends there, giving them lectures, <laughs> you know. So fun. Are you and the oldest son? I'm my dad's only son. Uh, but my mom, she I have two older brothers because my mom was uh, married before. And then she met my dad. And then like one of my brothers is only two years older than me. But we have different dads. But he, But my dad raised him. So he sees him as my dad. That's his dad also. But my oldest yeah, brother, yeah. he knew his dad more because he's nine years older than me, seven years older than oh, wow. the one who he, who he even shares a dad with. Complicated shit, you know. But anyways, uh, so um, like my dad saw my older brother as his son also, you know, and he, and he always claimed my oldest brother, too. But my oldest brother never really claimed him. Uh, but when it came down to my dad being sick, I was the only one that really took on the reins and my aunt. And like, then eventually his, and then also, you know, even though I'm pretty sure she'll never hear this, but our neighbor, our neighbor at the time, her name was Uni. She really did help too. Um, uh, but, you know, I think my brother, they had their own psychological battles because, you know, the, the, with their father, you know, their father wasn't around in their life as much. That's why there was my dad who became their stepdad, right? Wow. You know, yeah. they're going through some, their, their own trauma. So I don't really gripe on them. Like, you didn't, you know, right. uh, support so much in, in, in the ending days because, you know, it's, everything's complicated. And I'm, I'm yeah. very, you know, uh, I never even held a grudge with my brother over that at all. I think more he probably is, is, is hard on himself about that period of and, him, right. and, and, and not being so hands on. Yeah. And I remember like with the same thing with my mom, like I took care of her like near the end. But like my uncle was like, it's better that you did because then you won't regret it. So for I, sure. Um, yeah, obviously you did the right thing. You sacrificed during like a time when a lot of people were just partying, you know, they don't think about it, but the fact that your dad had like three people around him says a lot, you know, about his, you know, legacy. So I'm, I'm glad that he was able to, um, just have those people surrounding him and taking care. Cause some, some guys, a lot of men, like they just die alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and I, I think it's a man thing for, for a, pecu- a particular reason. But I think it, it, with any choices you can make in life, it, it can end up that way. I think it's a man thing because some men 
more more this is what I just what I see in life, you know. I feel like more men are selfish than women when it comes to like caring for other people, you know? Yeah. So if you don't care for somebody, the 50, 60 years that you were uh, a cognitive adult, <laughs> who's gonna care about you when you, when it's time for your guys, you know? Uh, and I think that that happens to more men than women because women are more caring for the most part, you know, I mean, obviously there's women who, you know, have their own problems with that kind of stuff like that. You know, I, I've had, I have had friends who moms left them instead of their dads and their dads raised them and their, and their, and their two siblings by themselves, you know, Uh, and normally it's due to drugs. Right. So, Mm, right. But that's you. You have like a really good example of like, because I, I see it through your stand up. I see it through how you like, you know, can't handle things. You had a solid father, which is really awesome. And I'm just curious, like, do you think if you told your dad, like at like 21, you're going to do stand up comedy? Like, what do you think his reaction? Oh, man. So, like, I mean, no. for sure, you know, I mean, I, you know, I love my dad, you know, and like I said, my dad was very, very, uh, lecturing and and very on top of me with with decisions and stuff like that with that being said nobody's perfect and no parent's perfect my 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 biggest gripe i had with my father was i felt like him and my mom uh i was gonna say mother <laughs> i got tongue-tied him and my mom or or slash mother uh they did not support me when it came to like you know my dreams you know yeah. Yeah. and i understand because First of all, and now I have kids, I kind of, I, I kind of, kind of 50, 50 for me, but you know, I understand with my mom because my mom came up, came up through a way harsher background than me or my father, you know, uh, she didn't have her dad in her life. Mm-hmm. And also like her mom was not the greatest mother, you know, uh, yeah. was not, was not nurturing at all. Like totally was like, you know, opposite, you know, calling you stupid and, and dumb dumb ass and all kinds of different stuff like that you know saying i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, there you go uh i don't know about that i mean it's all it's in all it's in all cultures you know there's just they're just like there's there's always some people grow up hard and some people grow up you know with a little more uh uh uh, nurturing you know and like i said like so my mom you know she grew up that way very harsh and and my mom's mentality was always like i want to give my kids every material thing i can because mm. her family did not you know you know i always talked about she had to go to school with wearing her mom's sandals when she was in kindergarten she looked like a clown or whatever right <laughs> so she always trying to make sure me and my brothers had all the material items that she could afford you know mm-hmm. uh but she didn't give the emotional support you mm-hmm. know yeah it was always about money to my mom you know spending it still is you know it's always about spending to her you know and and uh and for my dad it was always about you know, spending time and saying, you know, mm-hmm. I love you and that, but on the opposite end, it was about not spending money on you. <laughs> you know, my dad was like, <laughs> That's funny. Dad, you don't need yeah, that. You don't need you know. this. You don't need that. You know? <laughs> and, and it was about like, and also like both of them shared the thing where they both did not support, you know, any type of dreams that, <laughs> that I had. They were like, no, get a job. Go so get does a job. Your mom, like, does she now think of your comedy differently or uh no i think she thinks of me like differently like she thinks that i think she thinks that i will not i will not listen to you know (laughs) her telling me that you know saying i mean now i'm so old you know 29 so it's like (laughs) right you you gotta do what you yeah let let them let them free um that's funny um what do you think where do you see i know your sons are young but like do you see part of yourself or your wife in them personality oh like yeah, yeah for sure um uh, I would say, well, so, you know, obviously one's four and one's one. So mm-hmm. my four-year-old, you know, he's developing and becoming his own person, now person getting his own personality. And, you know, he's definitely takes after me tremendously, you know, um, like big time. Like, I mean, he's all about like performing and, and, and you know, he's interested in the things that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. you know, because he sees me do it. So he wants to do right. it too. And he wants to come with me to do stand up. And I'm like, you can't come because, you know, it's like <laughs> 21 and over type of places, you know? Uh, I wish I could be in a place where like Yeah, all right. Yeah. No, but I wish I could go to somewhere where like I'm performing and like kids can be there, you know, so I can bring my son one day. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and, 
my my um but they you know they are more my kids are more sweet than I am like I wasn't that sweet as a as a as a person or a kid because like I said like my mom wasn't like that you know and that's normally where somebody is taught how to be like caring and sweet is from their mother you know my mom was not like my mom was like you know she loved me but she never said she loved me you know what I'm saying she never she never like hug me and, and stuff like that you know maybe like a child like a baby but not like when I was like 9 10 11 12 13 you know what I'm saying it wasn't that yeah. type of like you know uh calming spirit or nurturing spirit anymore it was more like you know like I said my parents divorced around that time and my mom was you know she was all about whatever man she was dating now you know what I'm saying yeah and uh and like I said she was still about spending the money on me and and buying me the material items but that type of a uh, uh uh like nurturing um it wasn't there like you know at least how I would see it be there for other people and um so that's how I'm a little bit hardened that because of that and my sons though they're like you know but I still say I love you I kiss my sons all that but my girls her family is way more huggy way more kissy you know way more way more passionate and emotional you know both good and bad you know when it comes to emotions you know, and I'm super just like even kill type of, you know, like in my family is very even kill, which sometimes can come off as emotionless, you know? Yeah. So my sons, they take that side from their mom, though. They're very like emotional and the good and the bad, you know, and and, and their artistic expression comes from me, you know, uh, at least for my oldest right now, the youngest one, I, I, I don't know yet, but he's emotional for sure. <laughs> That's this very fascinating to see like you know the different generations and you know how they like combine and stuff and like um yeah. you talk about you know being like kind of like a, are you are you half Hispanic? And half yeah, so I'm half Mexican and, and half uh African American or or black or however people want to say it pan African. So, and, and then your uh your wife is Hispanic, so it's like do you feel like there's yeah. any sort of like cultural like do you speak Spanish? Like, no, I do not speak Spanish, no. Okay. So, like, how do you think everything is, like, mixing? Because it seems like it's becoming, how do I say this? Yeah, so what, what is it like just dealing with all the cultures? Uh, so, um, hard. I'll just give you a quick background on my Hispanic side and why I don't speak Spanish. Like, my family, uh, and, and, like, my, my Mexican side of my family, you know, going back to, like, my great-grandparents, um, as far as I know, like one of them came to America 1920 or something like that. Right. And wow. then the other one was pretty much on the California border for as long as they know, you know wow. what I'm saying? Like they, I mean, she, pretty much she didn't have to immigrate because she was in California was when there. California okay. became wow. United States, like whatever my family was from that long, yeah. whoever they were, <laughs> wow. you know, obviously documentation is kind of shitty back then. <laughs> But they were always here, you know, and then my then like and then like her husband, my great grandma and my great grandpa, he came from 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 Mexico. But like in the 1920s, or 30s, you know, what I'm saying so now yeah. it's been how many generations that my family's been here, you know, and, and back then it was super racist. Right. right. So my grandpa, I'm sorry, my great grandpa taught my grandma, don't ever don't ever speak. No, like don't speak Spanish, like uh, in okay. front of in public areas, like because yeah. you want to be you want to come off as an American you want to come off right. as you know what I'm saying and you know so like that kind of that kind of you know uh, unfortunately race forced you know suppression oppression yeah. Yeah. forced That's my grandma not to okay. teach my mom and then now here I am okay yeah that makes sense I understand from a protective stance exactly yeah you know during that time for sure yeah are you are you forcing your kids Spanish now uh my girl tries her hardest so my girl her side you know, totally the, you know, the, the immigrant, uh, the modern immigrant background, right? Like yeah. where, you know, you're first generation born here. And, um, you know, um, so she's a uh, Colombian and Guatemalan and, uh, you know, she, her dad, um, her dad is her stepdad, you know, her original father, her biological father, uh, wasn't in her life. And her stepdad took over when she was very young. And, you know, he's a great guy, you know, and he's from Mexico, and, you know, and he's a first generation. I mean, he, he's he, he's an immigrant to here, too. Right. And mm -hmm. now, like, but he's like, you know, not your average person. You know, the dude was like, you know, very intelligent with the uh, business and everything like that. So, you know, he owns his own business and everything and uh, you know, has been able to provide for their whole family, like, 
even till today, you know what I'm saying? Like just, wow. you know, he's, he's, he, he makes more money than any, anybody in my family has ever made, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's, and he's a, and he's a super nice guy. So her dad is like, you know, I, I told him this one time, you know, I said, you know, we were drunk, but I told him, I said, you know what? Like, even though I don't have my father, I said, I told him, you're the best father-in-law that a man could ask for. Aww. You know, because he's super nice. He's never uh, came at me sideways or anything like that. Yeah. Overstepped his boundaries or nothing. Yeah, he probably made his life. I, I can't imagine, like, you know, guys, guys don't say that to each other, but that probably <laughs> changed him forever. He's probably writing you into his will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is really interesting. Like, because you, you talk about your family a lot on your on your um stand-up and um i'm just gonna mm-hmm. but oh i was saying stand-up like i don't even like my girl always tells me like you need to tell more like the truth because i be saying some bizarre <laughs> i be trying to like add my kids in and my family in, but i be making up like i, I or it'll be like a real story and i'll put too much bizarreness to it you know like i'm still uh, trying to find myself in my bits <laughs> and everything like that you know yeah, no, you're you're telling the real story. I can see why she says, <laughs> but but they're funny too. You have a lot more pedophile stuff in your actual. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's like reverse pedophile stuff. You know, it's more like yeah, pedophile like... towards me type of. You know, uh, but you know, sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. You know, yeah, but I, I I I gotta change some bits up. You know, I need to I need to become more of who I actually am, and less of trying to make open mic comedians laugh. You know, you're so right. I was going to ask this because I think <laughs> open mic comedy, like, how, do you think how different is it being a host versus a comic? Um, I think being a host is can give you a little bit of a false sense of 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 your skills when it comes to actual like performing stand up sets, because like I'm. Sometimes, sometimes it can be harder, <clears throat> but most times it's going to be easier, especially at the frequency that I've done it now. Um, and I think that I can get too comfortable, huh? I, I think I'm confused now. Okay, go ahead. Ask me a question. I, I think, because I've never hosted, so uh-huh. how is it easier and harder? I should have just Well, it could, be, it could be easier because I'm coming on. I'm supposed to be the host. So I need to host people. I need to make people feel a part of it. I need to go into more crowd work and, mm-hmm. and, and make people pay attention so that when I bring up these comedians, you know, they're ready to pay attention to a show, you know? <clears throat> and then as a comic, like performing a set, I need to be in my material bag and I need to, I need to be able to like execute and, and seem a little bit more, uh, you know, like straight to the point you know, right. and, and, yeah. and whatever type of illusion, because, you know, you don't want to let people know like, hey, I'm trying to make you laugh. You know, it's like right. kind of like you're trying to trick them into laughing, almost right. like almost force them into laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so but I feel like in, when I'm hosting, I can take my time. I can mm-hmm. ask more questions to the crowd to involve them more, a little more. There's a little more easy tricks I can use because it, it's just what is demanded as a host. You know, mm-hmm. it's like your job is a little bit different. So that's 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 why I say like posting can give me a false sense of like my skills where like, you know, let's say, I mean, even though like I've done pretty good of recently, just even like performance sets other places, but you know, I still go up there and I think like sometimes when I perform, I go, did I get lucky or am I really funny? You know, like people laugh at myself. like, was it just that lucky or because I put in that, I, I feel like I need to put in more work outside of hosting. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think, I think that, I think all comedians have to think that too, you know, cause it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a luck of the draw. Sometimes you just get a really easygoing audience and then sometimes it is, is a craft, but yeah, that, mm-hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and how did you come up with the name extra crispy? Maybe, maybe I don't understand. What uh, so, uh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Everybody asked me that, uh, you know, uh, I think I, how I, break it down i want to break it down as little as least words that i could possibly use because when i use more words that's when it gets more confusing but so when i thought about extra crispy i was actually at uh i was actually at my job still at h-wave i didn't even start comedy yet and i was just thinking about how to brand myself and what it, what does that mean to me you know and, and also i wanted to sound a little cool so <clears throat> i was a. Uh, I was just sitting there thinking, man, like, you know, 
I, was, I worked in a cubicle and sometimes I could just sit there for a couple hours and I do nothing as mm-hmm. long as I got my assignments done, you know? Yeah. So I would just sit there and I would think and, and, uh, I wanted something that, that meant positivity. You know, I wanted something that meant like basking in something. So extra crispy to me, I, I would say it's, it's, it's the light of God. Right. And when I think of light, I think of heat, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what happens to something when it's under the heat and it's crispy. Crispy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So pretty much what I'm saying is like, you know, you got the light of God, you know, you're extra crispy, you know, and, 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 and the way I kind of like, another way I try to like, like uh, tie it into it is that I not not every time it's going to be your moment to shine. Mm, no, wow. sometimes it's somebody else's moment to shine. Sometimes it's your moment to shine. Right. And I think basking in somebody's light is also a process of becoming crispy you know it's like a metamorphosis <clears throat> sometimes you're crispy right because you're the person basking in somebody else's light and then wow. sometimes you're the shiner putting people basking in your light you know and if you don't if you're too prideful to bask in somebody's light you're never going to go through the phase of becoming crispy to then become the Damn. shine you know like it's like it's, it's like a metamorphosis you got to humble yourself towards somebody else for them to shine so that you can shine it's all about just, yes. just humbling yourself pretty much. This, you know, how I try to just sit into it. But like I said, I try to break it down. To, I'm trying to like break it down into le- less and less words. That's why I say it's the light of God. You know, that's why, that's why I think of God. I think that God put us here not to try to compete with one another. I think competition is just a byproduct of, of human nature. Right. But if you're trying to become supernatural, you need to humble yourself, you know? Damn. Preacher, uh, <laughs> Have you thought about being a youth preacher? Or you're not even uh, a preacher, but like, a, I guess a pastor. Like you're, yeah. I mean, it's crossed my mind, you mm-hmm. know, but the thing is that, and I don't want to say, but it's crossed my mind. With that being said, when I think about a preacher, I think about somebody who's more disciplined than I, even, even though like, you know, you can come to God as whoever you are, right? You can be a crackhead, you know, selling drugs on the street or whatever and come to God. Yeah. I just think that, if you're a preacher, you're, you're a representative of something. You're like a representative for God to other people in a, in a whole different way. Like, it's like your job, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's your, it's like a response of, you're a leader, you know, you're a leader of the, let's say like whatever, and whatever you're in, whatever uh, denomination of or religion or you, you believe in, right. You're, if you're preacher, pastor, uh, minister, or whatever other, uh, you know, religion, whatever their leader is called, like you're a leader and you need to be uh, a model, a model of, of whatever it is, the scripture of that denomination tells you to be, you know, and I am not the model, <laughs> you know, like I am, I am flawed and, and still working on myself greatly. You know, I, I, I am just not that model and I would never come to, uh, you know, I would never come to people trying to lead them to god um hypocritically you know uh, that makes sense if somebody asks me they buy my beliefs or they ask me questions i'm gonna tell them you know if they tell me what i think i'm gonna tell them but i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm better than you because i think this way you know or or you should think my way because i, I got all the answers that you need you know like yeah. i'm i i i'm thinking about myself with this and i hope that people can just uh accept everybody else you know whatever else everybody else believes in accept it you know if, if you believe the same things i believe cool you know let's let's conversate dialogue and 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 in this subject you know if, if you think something differently all right let's we can still conversate you know if you want to go back and forth like not in an argument but if you want to go back and forth and just you know with, with conversation i feel like that's the biggest problem with today's uh atmosphere is that nobody can have a conversation without getting upset yes it's so true and that's 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 like a and that's the good thing about comedy in a way comedy and this is what i think about comedy and laughter and and stuff like that i think comedy is a numbing agent right yes Yes. if you're angry if uh, let's say something bad happens to you you hurt yourself right Mm -hmm. you laugh it off it almost helps the pain become more bearable yes you know 
yes. somebody somebody hurts your feelings if you make a joke about it it becomes more bearable so i feel like i feel like comedy is a numbing agent i just think that comedy there's a time and a place for it true you're spinning bars spin the truth i love it it's so true yeah because i think i I, yeah i got into comedy like kind of mostly after my mom passed just like Mm -hmm. able to deal with some things but it's so true Mm -hmm. like you laugh at your enemies it's it's, they don't even they're not even your enemies anymore they're just Mm -hmm. for you so that's um yeah really good way of uh putting it and how do you see the future of comedy going like what Uh, do you think it's future of comedy (sighs) That's a hard one to say, you know. Um, I or you? I, think, it's, or, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could give you both perspective. I mean, both my thoughts on that. I mean, I I think for comedy and just in general, I don't think that there's going to be any censorship towards it. Really, I mean, nothing where it's like super concrete. Um, I think that it's always going to go back and forth. It's always going to go, you shouldn't say this. Oh, no, they're comedians. Let them say whatever they want. They shouldn't say this. No, this is, you know, there's always going to (laughs) be, you know, if you're talking about left or right, you know, there's always going to be a left and a right, you know, there's always going to be an up and a down. And the day that somebody says, you can't say this, that's a problem because that means that, you know, the country's about to fall apart. The day that you can't say what you want to say, the country's falling apart because that's, that's in the in the deck in the fucking uh constitution you yeah. know so that the moment that happens the moment that somebody can't say something there's a serious problem that's bigger than comedy mm-hmm. uh, as far as my career uh i believe that i always believe in myself in rising to the occasion you know i always believe that I have what it takes. Even when I was a kid, even when I did, wasn't in anything. And I'm not even just, I mean, I love performing stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I love stand-up comedy. But really what I love is just, I love performing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love making jokes. I love stand-up comedy. I love being funny. I also love singing. I also love, you know, acting. I also love, you know, other realms and entertainment. Because what it is, that I just love entertaining. I love performing for people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and stand-up comedy gives you instant, instant access to performing in front of a crowd. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you're trying to be a singer or an actor or something like that, first of all, an actor you don't even have like if you're on on shows and stuff like that. You, I mean, unless you're like on a live TV studio audience, you don't even have the instant gratification of, of performing in front of somebody. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a singer or you're a rapper or something like that, like you're fighting uh an uphill battle when it comes to like your freedom because you're kind of going to be pigeon you're going to be like like in a hole of like this is your genre you know if you're not successful in it you're not gonna have nobody on your side like comedy people show up to a comedy club or a comedy show and it's like you have the freedom to do whatever whatever you want on that stage (laughs) that's true so that's why I, I love comedy because it's, it's really, it's a canvas to do whatever I want on stage. And I'm trying to learn how to really uh, add all the tools that I believe that I have to my performance on in comedy while keeping it funny, you know? Yeah, love that. Awesome. And like, who's your biggest influence or influences? Um, oh, last thing I'm gonna say about that though. So all I want from comedy, I mean, for, in comedy, all I want is opportunity. That's all I want. Give me opportunities, and, and that's all I ask for. Whatever the results are, uh, you know, that's that's based on my performance. Um, my biggest, my biggest influences in comedy, uh, <clears throat> I'll go with Patrice O'Neill, um, uh, Dave Chappelle, obviously. You know, uh, I mean, Kevin Hart, uh, Eddie Murphy, um, Eddie Murphy, more like on the on the on the on the comedic actor side, you know, I know he had his big time standups back in the, in the day, but I wasn't even born when those came out. You know, I saw those later in life. Uh, but Dave Attell, Bill Burr, you know, uh, Jeff Ross, like, I mean, I love all those guys, you know, yeah. and seeing all those guys, yes. mm-hmm. and seeing all those guys on comedy central as I was growing up, you know, introduced me to comedy and stuff like that. So, I mean, nowadays though, it's, it's, it's not easy for me to just absorb somebody's content and just be in love with it. Like 
I see things and I'm like, huh? (laughs) We're comedians. We laugh at nothing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now it's like, I'm more thinking about my, like, I'm like, oh, okay. They said this. Oh, why did this get a reaction from this? Okay. Mm -hmm. How can I apply this strategy to, to my own sets, you know? So that's, I'm I'm more like trying to dissect things and, and uh, not that it's resulting to anything, but that's more like where my brain is when I'm doing it. That's um, good. Yeah that's, yeah, that's how all comics really should think, you know, like very analytically and then mm-hmm. you know, breaking down mm-hmm. joke structure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And how can we find out more about you? Can you plug your show? What are your social medias? How can we find out more? Yes. Yes. Um, Instagram, obviously my uh, most accessible platform, you know, Troy Douglas, LOL underscore so troy douglas t-r-o-y d as in dog o-u-g-l-a-s l-o-l underscore you know i should be right there and from there you know i I, you'll see me post any of my shows if you follow me follow me on there if you go if you search me and you're listening follow me i gotta feed i gotta feed these kids you ever want to donate some some little little brown babies follow me you know (laughs) uh yes follow you know you, am i right or am i wrong you know you ain't got to send money to, to the 1-800s just follow troy douglas you did the same type of job <laughs> i love it awesome thank you so much for being on the show i enjoyed learning a lot more about you know the craft the man behind the craft the man behind the man the dad and the and the sons and the family and everyone around so thank you so much for this well, and leland can i give can i give an exiting statement about you yeah yeah, yeah i right. want you know obviously me and you know what's up with these people in the comedy world and their and their uh attitudes towards you especially like when you first came on the scene and i i was always like thinking to myself what the heck are you guys tripping on like people say you go up there people comedians we go up there and we say the most offensive things you say the most offensive things to people in the crowd and you get upset when a when a when a comedian has uh an angle that that you don't like you know or has a view on you that you don't like like we say the most appalling things (laughs) so i'm like why do you have a a gripe with this person you know that doesn't make sense to me and you know to me i was always like she's out here doing her thing she's a comedian i'm gonna give her an opportunity with anything i got because i think she's funny and i've had people say all kinds of negative stuff to me but ain't nobody, my own parents couldn't get, get me to think any differently than how I feel. So I'm going to think how I think and I'm going to do what I want to do, you know. And I appreciate you, Leland, uh, having me on your platform, coming out to the shows uh, and performing, uh, just saying yes to, to doing whatever um, I, I asked if you could come through and, you know, coming to support the open mic. And uh, I only want to give uh, positive feedback and, 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 and uh, motivation that you keep doing your thing. Oh, thank you so much. You totally didn't have to do that, but that was super sweet. Thank you. And yeah, it was, it was very vague, but it's for people yeah. who get, <laughs> you get it. But yeah, thank hey. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I get my stuff, my podcast up and running, you know, uh, uh, right now, you know, I've been in, I've been in hiatus, you know, guys, I'm, I'm slacking. I'm going to get back and Leland's going to be on my podcast and this story's going to this thing going to be about, it's going to be about her. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Right. Thank you, Leland. Right now, your story is so much better than mine. I don't no, know. No, I should no. Tell mine, but thank you so much for being on the show and hope to have you on future ones to come. All right. Thank you very much, Leland. Bye-bye.